0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Already in the chat. Just got started. That's awesome. So, what's going on here? It's a really nice day here in Astoria. And I don't know. I don't know what exactly is the best thing to do in Astoria. I like going out to the beach and heading out there or maybe cruising along the river. But, um you know some of the fun things to do or some of the things that like people here locally are like big into fishing or hiking and there's a couple of places that are almost like you know local secrets like some of the waterfalls and stuff like that that are around here and so I'm thinking maybe after the live stream I might go and do something like that anyway um how many people we got 10 people in the live stream let's just go ahead and start talking about it So I have been telling people to watch Evergrande and watch some of the things that are taking place in China because I feel that some of the issues that are happening in China are going to start spreading around the world. And we're starting to see the debt burdens really impact what's going on as far as the real estate market in China. Take a look down in the description. There is debt defaults happening like crazy with these property developers, and it caused the housing market or the real estate market to absolutely plummet. And now it's not just the housing market that's plummeting, it's all the industry that goes along with it that's plummeting as well. And you can see it with some of the like steel industry that it's happening there. I mean, the article is talking about the steel industry going into crisis and how they are overstocked and going to pretty much go into curtailments. Not too much unlike what was taking place here in the United States when the 1700 per thousand mark on lumber had mills just absolutely oversupplied the market and it dumped out to 400 per 1000 and the mills went back into curtailment well we're starting to see something very similar take place with the steel industry in China and I have a feeling that that's going to start spreading more around the world as the property developers are pretty much burdened with debt payments as opposed to being able to be profitable inside of their inside of their business the other thing to keep an eye on is the copper supply. Now take a look at the copper industry and you're seeing that copper is also plummeting as far as the price of copper goes. And that is a major indicator of what's going to happen without, within the um, within the building industry because copper is a leading indicator or a major indicator in the demand for industrial products, especially when it comes into into property development and a lot of manufacturing out there. So I left a bunch of links down in the description for you guys for that. Uh, Some of the other things to kind of take into consideration is what's taking place here in the United States as far as the lifting of interest rates. Now, if I didn't leave the link in the description on this one, I will go and get the link again and post it down in the description. But it has to do with the junk bond sales that are taking place here in the United States and junk bonds are pretty much in the toilet right now. And I said this was going to happen once the interest rates began to rise. Now, if these corporations have issues selling their junk bonds or their bonds in general, that is difficult and that's their difficulty in rolling over their old debt into new debt and then being able to pay those bondholders. So if they can't take out ever-increasing amounts of debt, then you're going to start seeing a lot of corporations going into default. And I have a feeling that is really what the Federal Reserve is asking for to try and deal with the unemployment issues that we have. Apparently, the having a low unemployment is now a burden on the Federal Reserve and the inflation markers that they are looking for. So they're going to try and knock out a bunch of these corporate or these um, yeah a bunch of these corporate debts and junk bonds anyway and try and knock out some of these zombie corporations and That really ought to increase the amount of available labor out there And instead of having two jobs for every one person looking for one We're gonna have two people looking for every one job And that's really what the case is gonna come down to once these interest rates really start to rise even further Now, I know a lot of people are gonna say, "Nope, the Federal Reserve is backing off on that, they're not gonna raise interest rates and stuff. I I don't believe that story at all. Um, I believe that the Federal Reserve will lift interest rates a little further, or a lot further, but really it's probably gonna be more of short, small increases, but the idea of them going into much higher interest rates is going to be perceived within the markets. Sorry, this guy just dumped his cans everywhere, so now they're just rolling all over the yard. So that has kind of distracted me a little bit. These guys are all walking around the car here, picking up their cans. Anyway, um, so that's one of the feelings that I have coming into the future is that as these interest rates rise, it's going to be ever increasingly harder on these banks or these uh, these bond sales for these uh, zombie companies to, to continue with, with operations and they'll go into basically bankruptcies. Um, starting to see it happen with a lot of companies as far as layoffs go and those layoffs will eventually turn into into bankruptcies um, anyway let's see what you guys are talking about since these guys want to wander around my car what about syndication in the us what do you mean by that uh how am I getting number nine I don't know uh sounds like redneck wind chimes yeah it really does I mean these guys had their cans getting ready to go cash them in because you get 10 cents of a can here and you know at least in most of Oregon and these guys dump their bag of cans all over the place and now they're just blowing all over the yard hit the like button yes please do hit the like button as you come in I really appreciate that it starts spreading I guess the algorithm to spread the video around gets more people into the chat and we can talk a little bit more about what's going on but i'm pretty curious to see how far this steel problem is going to be for the chinese you know for the chinese government or for the chinese property developers i mean you think about it steel is probably the biggest component going into into a lot of new construction especially when it comes to like you know apartment buildings and high rises and stuff like that so if you have an issue with the steel sales going on out there because there's less of them then you know there's less development happening And that's going to be a downturn into the real estate market, which is really starting to present itself there. Now, I said it a long time ago that, you know, the main reason why China wanted to take out the ever increasingly increases to the real estate market is to try and promote more people to get into starting families because they have a demographics issue. Where everybody is aging, and they really don't have a younger population to come and replace that aging population, and that's going to be burdensome on them. So, right now, China is trying to figure out a way to get people to start their families, and the easiest way to get people to start families is is to be able to provide a house for them. Not necessarily providing a house for them, but providing an environment in which that a house is you know available for them to purchase. And once you can do that, then most likely you can have a better chance of having a family or starting a family and having kids and stuff like that. Now, I also you know, believe that here in the United States, we are going to have a demographics issue as well as time goes on. As the aging population gets out of owning homes and that is going to provide provide more available homes for the younger generations to buy... But right now, we really don't have a younger generation that is eager to buy into homes, so that's going to be a difficult thing to pull off as well. Um, ever hear of Chinese ghost cities? Yeah, I sure have. You know, and that was again, you know, due to you know overexpansion and the belief that you know you could ever increasingly take out debts and build things that you know continue on forever. It's not going to happen, you know. You've got a hundred k button from your YouTube yet? No, I just realized that you actually have to apply for that. I did, I was looking up, I was like, how is YouTube going to know to send this thing to me? And then I realized as I looked up that you actually have to apply to get that to get that thing. So I'll probably do that today or tomorrow. All right. Uh, yes, they are already have been for a few years. Uh, I'm not sure where that one came. Uh, let's see here. Do you think rich foreigners will start buying U.S. properties in order to save their wealth as their currency becomes more devalued? Yeah, I feel that a lot of people around the world are going to start looking for the United States to be the safe haven, and you're going to start finding them diving into you know assets that are denominated in dollars, especially ones that are here in the United States, and that's probably going to be pretty prevalent as the you know the recession really starts to kick in and if that pain is felt more outside of the United States than in the United States, then people are gonna to look to the United States to be that safe haven. I don't know if that's really gonna work out very well for them, but I really feel that you know most people will not trust their local sovereign debt or their sovereign assets. They certainly are not gonna trust China um, or Russia and really doesn't leave a whole lot of places left to go if you really wanna have something that's going to be you know somewhat secured. Again, like, you know, I don't know if you should necessarily trust everything with the United States, but it's going to be probably more prevalent for people to invest in the United States than outside of the United States. Uh, uh, let's see here. Any updates on the Sri Lanka issue? Um, other than hearing there's some pretty pretty severe civil unrest taking place, but I think that's probably going to be you know the same thing that happens around the world is like these economies start to fail but as far as like any updates um I have not researched here recently into what's going on in Sri Lanka um, I missed it what happened to Schiff? I don't know uh, yes they are screwed by silver today yeah you know silver is pretty undervalued I mean you think about it it's at $19 an ounce or just shy of $20 an ounce And that is a really good buying opportunity. I can't imagine silver having a huge downside risk to it. I mean, sure, could it go to $5 an ounce? I guess it could, but I don't see that happening. And when you think about all the rest of the things out there that you could possibly put your money into, silver is probably one of the few things that has has very little downside risk to it. Peter Schiff has always been a grifter. Okay, whatever. Um, Let's see. It disabled veterans payments safe. Um, Yeah, your payments are probably going to be safe as far as you're going to get your check. I would be concerned about the purchasing power of that in the long run. Now... You know, a lot of people are like kind of laughing at me because I have this kind of odd view of the inflation scenario that has taken place where I feel I had to do more with the supply chain breakdown and less to do with the monetary policies coming from the Federal Reserve. But it doesn't really matter like what you believe. It's more about what is happening out there. And, you know, when you think about like the idea that you're supposed to be fearful when people are greedy and greedy, when people are fearful, people were scared scared of the dollar they were scared of cash cash is trash get out of cash as soon as you can and when i was listening to everybody talk about that i started getting into cash i was like no be greedy when people are fearful so instead of spending money on expensive bitcoin or stocks and stuff like that about six seven months ago i quit buying everything and just started loading up on cash and getting out of my, my debts um That's really the position that I have taken and I'm going to continue taking that position until I feel that we are in the depths of a recession and when we're in the depths of the recession, we're going to have people saying, oh man, look how strong the dollar is. The dollar is awesome. The dollar buys, you know, the dollar is the safe place you want to be. You know, it's proven itself to be strong, whatever. When people are saying that, then I'm going to get out of the dollar and start buying assets as quickly as possible. Alright, why are y'all talking about Schiff? What is he up to? Schiff is getting pummeled by the Puerto Rican government. From what I understand, I honestly like Brent Johnson and you to debate Schiff when things cool down. You know, I don't know if I could quite do as good a job debating Schiff as Brent Johnson does. I mean... That dude is awesome when it comes to his dollar milkshake theory and his predictions of how the dollar was going to grow stronger. I, When I heard the dollar milkshake theory for the first time, I was like, man, I was blown away. And I got to meet Brent Johnson a couple of times and he uh, told me to get a contact with him so I could have him on my show for an interview. So I'm looking forward to doing something like that. Let's see, Josh. Thank you so much for the super chat, nine ninety nine. Thank you very much. If the Federal Reserve wants central bank digital currencies and they need to cause pain to get it, won't they cause a rift between the government and the Federal Reserve, as it will cause politicians to lose elections? Hmm. Um. That's an interesting way to kind of look at it. Um. I. I don't think that there's going to be a competition between the government and the Fed. I think those two are very much in cahoots, even though they might kind of argue or yell at each other out there on the mainstream. I think behind the scenes, they are very close, close tied. I feel that the central bank digital currencies are probably going to come in as a crisis, like a crisis savior, something that is like You know, during economic fallout, like during the depths of the recession, they may say, hey, you guys want to eat? Here's the central bank digital currency. Go off and buy some food. You you, the the really it's going to like it's hard for to understand how it is that the Federal Reserve is going to be like just willy nilly handing out central bank digital currencies because it's not really within their charter to do that. A lot of people are like the Fed just injects money. They don't like the Fed does inject money into the system, but when they buy stuff, they buy stuff off the secondary market. That means it's already been purchased by the cash that's in hand. Now, granted, you know, when you have banks who are like guaranteed that they have a buyer of last resort, the Federal Reserve, then it kind of gives them permission to just buy as much stuff as they want and then turn around and then sell it to the Fed. But as far as like the Federal Reserve being able to inject money right into the system, they have to have something to buy. And so I feel that the the U S treasury will have developed something like a emergency bond, like a, a bond that will give the federal reserve permission to buy, but only during unusual and exigent circumstances. And with this special bond, they will be able to buy the, buy the bond from the treasury and then take the central bank digital currency and give that right out to the people. How that law is actually defined and what allows it to take place. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that's planning on working, but I bet it comes from some sort of like emergency bond or emergency treasury issuance during a time of crisis. Again, whether that's natural disaster or you know economic fallout or something like that, I, I'm not sure how they plan on getting it done. All right, thank you, a boy, for the ten ten dollars. What is? I can't read it. Um hi have you thought about my comment from the last live chat that everything that is happening at the moment has the goal of lower wages life standards in the West so that we can become competitive again um, I don't know if they really have any other choice it's really comes down to like you know it kinda comes down to the Cantillon effect or Cantillon effect where ever-increasing amounts of, in, of money coming into the system starts driving people into luxuries. Now, at first, you know, it's, it's not noticeable when this money comes in to the people who get first access to it. But it's definitely noticeable to the people at the very end of the line because as the prices move up on everything, their wages haven't gone up. Well, that right there starts forcing people to start looking for a, a new way of life. So they will either leave the area to go and reach their standard of living someplace else. Or the manufacturing, you know, dissipates from within that local state where the new money's coming in and that forces them to have to leave. Once that starts taking place, the people who have access to that money start buying ever increasing amounts of foreign imports in order to have the luxuries that they always deserve. Always desired and at some point when the money turns off everybody falls into poverty so i mean i guess that that's the line of thinking yeah that could eventually damage the united states to a point that you know they give up like the world gives up on the dollar and then the United States has to start over from you know a much lower base as people are no longer wanting the dollar and that doesn't give us the advantage of having that world reserve currency where we can just buy stuff from the world and they send it to us if it's something like that that you're thinking as far as long term then yeah I could see something like that happening but like interesting things are taking place you know like one of the things that I saw in I was wanting to talk about this and then maybe in another video or something and break it down a little bit further but i had this idea that well not an idea but i was thinking about some of the stock that i have at the store that i work at right so i work at a hardware store and one of the things that we sell well we sell a lot of stuff but is the pneumatic nails like the pneumatic fastener nails so all the gun nails and we had one company that provided us with all those nails. So like, if you looked at our, you know, our stock of nails, it would all have the same name on it. It was all from the same company. But then when the pandemic kicked in and the shortages were kicking in, we had less availability of these nails and the prices started really moving up. So we had less stock and higher prices on it, but then something really interesting started to happen because of recently I've started seeing a lot more American made fasteners coming through the store. And I thought, well, I guess that's because the prices have moved up so much that now these American-made fasteners have more comp or are not competing so much with the Chinese-made fasteners. And so therefore, we could buy them and sell them pretty much at the same price as the new elevated inflated price due to the shortages of the Chinese-made fasteners. But something also very interesting to go with it is that I'm seeing fasteners, these gun nails, coming from places I had never seen before, like India. So I'm thinking, well not only is the domestic manufacturers getting a boost, but then places that had never sold to the United States or maybe had less sales going on in the United States are starting to provide this, provide those items. Because if you could increase the price, then the distance that you travel in order to bring those products to the United States then makes those products profitable. So you can find cheaply made stuff around the world and if the shipping of it provides you is just enough that you can then sell those nails at the event elevated price well now you have foreign competition competing with domestic manufacturers give us some time if the transportation costs go down the domestic manufacturers won't be able to compete with the foreign imports and that's really where I think again the Cantillon effect or the Cantillon effect is starting to kick in All right. hey there was another super chat what was that one hey thank you very much uh, I, oh what does that say Yam, you Mata? I'm sorry if I butchered that. In Spain, you have got cash withdrawal limit changes. Yeah, where okay, so they limit the amount that you can withdraw. They do that here in the United States too. Um, now usually it's into thousands of dollars that you that you're limited to. and I personally have never had a problem taking out cash. Uh, I've never tried taking out like $10,000 before, but I hear people have had major issues with the banks where they have to get permission, they have to wait for hours, they have to tell people like what it is that they're doing with this money and why they're pulling out so much of it. Um, you know, that's not really like free market capitalism going on. That's really trying to figure out where this money is going and why you're trying to trying to, you know, take it out and secure yourself. Has to me that has more of a privacy issue attached to it, and I think that's probably what the government is looking for too. Is they want to see if people are using it for illegal activities, and if you have cash in hand, you can pretty much do all the illegal activities you want. Uh, hate the Yankees, oh well, still love the channel, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, so I can kind of agree with that statement, bro. All right, um, you, you, do you think? Do you think should be tax on cryptocurrency? And if then tax it why? Um I <laughs> I have mixed feelings about taxes and how taxes are are done. Um I mean I guess that if you are making a profit with your crypto, then you should probably pay your taxes with everybody else. But I again like I'm not fond of paying taxes. And so, I don't think anything should be taxed, especially my wages. That's one thing that I wish was never taxed. You know, if you want to make, if you want to tax somebody on their profits and gains, you know, if they buy a stock and it goes up, then maybe tax that kind of profit. Or if you have a business where you hire people and you use their labor to make a profit, maybe tax the profit of that. But as far as going off and doing an equal trade, where you trade your time for dollars, I don't feel that should be taxed. And so if you earned your money in crypto, then no, I don't think that should be taxed. (laughs) Yeah. Alright. Let's see here. Is forward guidance basically central planning? If the Fed tells the market what to do, the market reliably does it. Then are markets really free? Yeah. In fact, that kind of proves that you have a free market. And just because you are convinced by the Federal Reserve and their actions doesn't mean that you're not behaving on your own accord. I mean, you're choosing to believe the Fed. You don't have to believe them, right? But most people do, and they take that threat as credible. I'm not one to say whether or not that's like you know a free market or not, but when the Federal Reserve is buying treasuries off the secondary market, everybody else had to buy them first. So that again, that's like the free market behaving in a way that they feel is going to happen in the future. I I mean, I feel that the Fed is gonna take place in the future, wait, how am I trying to say this? The market behaving as though the Fed is going to behave in a certain way in the future, and if the market believes the Fed, then the Fed can just pretty much say whatever they want in order to, you know, navigate through the markets or get the markets to behave in a certain way. But it is their choice to believe the Fed, whether they do or not, is, you know, again, how much how much credibility they really have. People say the Fed has lost their credibility and that they don't have any credibility, but yet everybody listens to every single word they possibly can say. So. I don't know. Have they lost their credibility? All right. Thank you very much, Marvin Mora. Congrats on the 100K. Hello from Miami. Well, thank you very much, Marvin. I really appreciate the super chat. Yeah, um, Miami was a great trip, and I don't know, man. I wish I could uh, do more speaking engagements and travel around and do that kind of thing, and I really see myself doing something like that. So, yeah, thank you for the 100,000 subscriber, uh, congrats, I really appreciate that. It was quite the, uh, quite the achievement, you know, the milestone here that, uh, that the channel has come across. You know, um, let me get off subject here a little bit. I have been offered many, many times to take sponsorship for this channel. And uh, I've never done it. Like I've always just said, no, thank you. I'm not really into taking sponsorship. I would feel like it would be like selling out. But um, but I was offered a really good deal, a really good deal to advertise on the channel, and um, and I'm still trying to debate whether or not that would be selling out. Like if I believed in the product, or if I believed in the in the item that is being sold and i was involved in it myself like if it was like you know a company that i was advertising or something like that and i was invested within that company and truly believed in in the company that they were going to grow would i still be selling out like if i took if i took the money to promote something like that because it was a really really good offer and you know i always felt that i was provided with everything i needed as far as like the reward when I just did this channel without taking any sponsorships, without, you know, listening to anybody else telling me what to say, not that they would tell me what to say, but it would be telling me what to say as far as advertising to a company. So I'm just curious, would that be selling out? Would I be, would that corrupt the channel? You know, I don't know. I just, I'm still in the air on that one. And I'm having a hard time, you know, trying to be like, you know, just go gung ho with that. Cause I just don't know. Don't be sorry for making money for your family. Yeah, and that's, you know, well, no, nah, bro, do it. Gotta feed yourself. Monetizing is a fair game. Why don't you do an uneducated economist conference in Astoria, rent out the Legion for the night? Yeah, that's one of the ideas that I actually had was to, to practice a few times doing like a presentation, do it locally here, and then start taking that kind of on the road and and do like the uneducated uneducated economist live events for myself, you know. Just maybe find another speaker who, or a couple of speakers who could who could talk for the night and you know do exactly that. Rent out a, a conference area and and sell tickets and bring other other speakers in. I think that would just be not only just absolutely a kick in the pants and fun to do, but it might be a good way to promote the channel and and you know you know promoting the uneducated economist do the ad deal you're not a sellout uh okay thank you very much uh keep it natural and organic sir i i try to make your money what does selling out even mean mate all right no nah man it would not corrupt the channel yes feed your family as long as the tail doesn't wag the dog no bro that's how the game works Selling out is when it affects your actual content. It depends on the product you endorse. Man, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for for that. I mean, because it was. It concerned me that I would like lose a bunch of the audience if I started. And it, and it wasn't very much. It was like, you know, I mean, really, really, it, it, it was like two or three videos a month that they were wanting me to do. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool to to have that is part of like as part of the channel and and helping to get paid and man i i mean thank you guys i i still like i don't know i <laughs> do it you've earned the door to open for sponsorship take it while you can it's a good partner if it's a good partner well okay you know i agree it's word game uh let's see here make sure it doesn't affect your opinions do T-shirts? I do have T-shirts for sale. You can find them at Teespring. Um, if you go to my uh, about page, you can find the T. Te- excuse me. Goodness. If you go to the about page, you can find the Teespring link, and there you can buy T-shirts. Yeah, you can buy uneducated economist T-shirts and stuff. Uneducated mechanic. God, I am having a heck of a time talking this afternoon. Maybe I need to get a nap in or something. Anyway. Um, somebody else was telling me that I should be developing my own t-shirts and selling them um, I just kind of let teespring do it because it was so easy for them to just mail it out and take the money and send me my cut but I could probably be promoting and pushing my own t-shirts I guess uh, let's see here thank you uh, Yamabushi, uh, Yamabushi Nate uh, four ninety nine. If it's something you believe in, then you know it's not selling out and doesn't matter what anyone else says. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, pray about it, big dog. Okay. Uh, sounds like the channel voted to put money in your pocket. It really did. Um, you know... I wasn't quite expecting that. I, I thought a lot of people were like, no, nah, don't do it, stay natural to who you are and stuff, which I will do. I mean, like, I've never I've never followed what anybody else has told me to say. And even when people told me not to talk about certain things, I'm like, I'm gonna talk about it just because you told me not to, you know? So um, I really do try to stick to my own beliefs and my own ideas. And, you know, if it is promoting a company that gets me to get, you know, gets me money, and I believe in that company, then I, I might do it. I mean, I I really think I might, um, you know, because the reward for it was, I mean, I was, I was kind of taken back by it. I'm like, wow okay, um, I really have to consider this because it was really good. All right, uh, let's see here. Do you think the dollar could get back to a 2002 level? Um, I think right now as far as the the near future i think the dollar is going to continue to strengthen i mean we were at 107 now and that's like the highest it's i mean that's the highest it's been in 20 years so i mean we're pretty close to that 2002 level aren't we i mean we're getting on to it um you know i mean it can go i mean it was higher at one point prior to that but you know it's it's getting there and I really do see that the rest of the world is probably going to go into more turmoil faster than the United States will. And with those debt burdens that are written around the world, I just don't see how the dollar can't strengthen from here. I mean, I really don't see how, it, how it's gonna, how it's not, I mean, I it's, it's going to. You should 100% advertise on your channel. Make the money, man. Well, thank you so much. Peter does underwear commercials um okay yeah I mean you must get paid well to do it Uh, keep it real as long as you can I don't think you would let sponsors contact your conduct your content but the fact you do not make your channel much more appealing to me but the fact that you do not make oh makes your channel much more appealing yeah, and that's really what I thought as well. Like, um you know, I don't have anything to sell. I don't like other than the Teespring T shirts or, you know, hoodies and stuff, I don't I don't have anything to sell you guys. Even even if I wanted to sell you something, I don't have it. So having something like a you know, like a paid sponsor on the channel, that that could do me pretty well. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm I I'm really considering it now. Just keep the political ad, ad, advertisements away from this channel. Yeah, um, I will never talk politics. I mean, I do talk politics a little bit, but not not really. Like, I don't get into politics. I gave up on those guys a long time ago. And I found that when I stopped listen, listening to politics is really when I started getting a better understanding of the economy and things that are happening. Really, you should pay attention to the Federal Reserve speeches. Those things are much more telling. The things that happen within the politics can create... I mean, there's obviously stuff that you need to know within the politic arena, but man, they talk so much, so much garbage that it fills your head with so much crap. Things that you don't need to be thinking about, things that do not impact your life, things that, like, okay, one of the things that kind of got to me, and I'm I'm wondering where it is now. Remember when people like all across the country were going to take their guns down to the border because there was a state of emergency? Whatever happened to that? I mean, whatever happened to that whole, like, you know, got to protect our borders thing? I mean, that is completely dropped off the radar. Nobody is really talking about that anymore. What, did it just go away? There's no issue anymore? We can take down the borders? I mean, what happened? It just, like, I said it then. I said, man, people need to stop watching the news when it comes to this damn border issue. And, you know, because, I mean... The idea, like, people were getting so frustrated. They were, like, I knew guys who wanted to pack up firearms and head down to the border. I'm like, don't do that, man. Don't go doing that. <laughs> All right. Gus, thank you for the $1.99 super stick. very much appreciate that. As long as the sponsor line business is ethical, what is there to lose other than dollars in your pocket? Go for it. I am. I mean, you guys are convincing me now. I mean, is there anybody who thinks that I shouldn't do it? I mean, I want, I, I, really want to hear your opinion on that. If you think I'm going to be a sellout for it, I want to know that opinion too. But if you, I mean, because you guys, like so many people tell me that they trust me. And I mean, I tell people, don't trust me. Just like, you know, take the opinion for what it is and then use it in conjunction with your own information that you're finding out there so that you can navigate through this with your because not everybody's going to be the same. Not everybody's going to be in the same position. So what it is that I do with my money and the position that I'm in is going to be much different from what other people are going to do. So we have to take all this information and decide what it is that's best for ourselves. So, you know, if I, if I'm promoting something out there, I'm, I'm probably going to believe in it. In fact, I probably won't promote something unless I go ahead and invest within it myself. So I can, so I can be honest with it and I can tell you guys, I'm invested within this company and I'm not just trying to sell it to you guys, which I am going to be trying to sell it to you because that's what advertising's all about, but I'm going to be honest with it and say, Hey, I believe in this company enough to put my own money into it. And if I'm not willing to do that, then I'm not going to be coming out here and telling you guys to invest in a company like that. It's just, you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. And so, you know, you can take it or leave it at that point, you know? Uh, sponsors are like a drug. Limit it and you will be okay, but it can be a slippery slope. Okay, there we go. Those are the, that's the type of comments I was hoping to hear. I personally like that you don't have sponsorships, but I have nothing against it. I watch and listen to others with sponsors. I appreciate you questioning it, though. It seems to me that you have good character. Okay, well, thank you. Um... You know, that's the thing. I I really wanted to be honest with you guys. And I think that's really what did this channel well, is that I have always tried to be honest with you. I mean, you've seen me, like if you watch the very first video that I have ever put on this channel, I was in bad shape back then. I mean, I had just recently had quit drinking. I was trying to get my stuff together. I was deeply in debt and I had this passion for studying economics. And when my friend Brittany got mad at me and put her fist on my desk and said, "Listen, bro, nobody understands anything you're saying, and you're driving us crazy. You need to start a blog or a YouTube channel. You need to find some sort of outlet," I took it to heart. I'm like, "Okay, Brittany, I, I'll, I'll do it," you know. And so I started the YouTube channel off of her, like basically being frustrated with me. And I'm amazed on what happened. I mean, it completely changed my life after that. I just you know, the first few videos that I put out, the first few, the first 30 videos I put out, nobody ever watched. them. you know, I mean, I had very few people watching the channel, but once I started talking about the housing and building supplies, I started getting a lot more attention from that. And man, it's just like, since that day, it's just, my life has never been the same. So I have to, I mean, I saw Brittany not too long ago and I told her about that. And She was like, yeah, I remember that conversation. I remember telling you that. And I told her, I said, this is, you're the reason why I'm here today. You know, if it wasn't for that, I may not have even started the channel. Who knows? Uh, uh, I think inevitably what will happen is that you will lose some percentage of your audience. But by the looks of it, it's worth very, very, it will be very, very low percentage. So I think it's worth it. Okay, well, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your opinions here. Uh, Mario, $5, thank you. How long until we start using central bank digital currencies? Um, I don't know. Um, Like I said, it's going to take a crisis or something. Like, I don't don't think they're going to roll it out like the Chinese government did. Like, the Chinese government started by saying, hey, some of the, like, Government workers are going to get paid and then they had like events where they are starting to promote central bank digital currencies to to use it They had like particular cities like you know Test subjects to see how the central bank digital currency would work in those cities. I, I Don't think that the United States is going to do it in such fashions I think the central bank digital currencies will probably be pretty prominent around the world already before the before the Federal Reserve finally you know issues the Fed coin or something like that and the reason why is because the dollar dominance that the dollar dominance that has taken place right now is a pretty efficient system even though it is burdensome to a lot of people especially when it comes to sanctions and stuff but there's really nothing else out there that can quite compete with the SWIFT system as far as doing those those communications for transactions so once everybody else kind of has their central bank digital currencies already in play, I feel that the federal reserve will then issue out theirs and then use like a basket of currencies and the fed coin will be like the major, major contributor to that basket of currencies. I, again, I'm just kind of suspicious of that. I don't have any proof of it. A lot of people are going to like, you know, explode over the XRP thing saying it's XRP that's going to do it. I'm not trying to deny that. I, I, I. Personally, am not convinced on it yet, but I'm not denying that that would be the case. I'm like I said, I just haven't been convinced on it yet. All right. Oh, do do? Thank you guys for these super chats. You guys are so awesome and so generous and so supportive of this channel. I just I, I don't I don't know how to thank you guys enough for it. Uh, I won three hundred and fifty dollars at the casino on the slot machines today. Free play took my money and bought. Cooked food and comics. <laughs> right on, Gus. They also gave me free food at the casino. Well, that's the way to do it, man. Anytime I can ever eat for free, I will. Like, when I go to barbecues, I will eat as much food as I can possibly eat at the barbecue. And I don't know if it's just something from, like, like when I was younger or something. Like, I, I have always done that. Anytime there's free food, I eat as much as I can, you know? <laughs> And not like I mean I don't like pig out like an idiot or something like that, but I'll eat as I'll eat a lot. I'll eat it the entire time. All uh, right, I'm in a few. Wait, I am in a few build-your-own-house groups. Your channel has been shared there a few times, so keep up the lumber updates to keep us intrigued. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, as far as some of the things that I'm seeing right now. I, like I like to look at like the pressure treated lumber. To me, like that is a, a leading indicator of what's going to happen because like the pressure treated market is very sensitive to changes from from the mills in the futures market. They have a really high turnover and they're one of the first ones who have access to that to the mills. So the things that are happening with the pressure treated market really is foretelling of what could happen throughout the the rest of the lumber industry. So when I see like pressure treated lumber, the price moving down, then it leads me to believe that the rest of the building materials, like especially when it comes to framing materials, maybe not so much like doors and windows and siding, but definitely like the framing materials would follow that. I was able to call out the lumber shortages that were going to happen when I saw four by four pressure treated lumber was unavailable. And that was something that I had never seen before. And that was of course, you know, what, two years ago now that that took place but it was the things that were happening within the pressure treated industry so i would say keep an eye on pressure treated if you see the prices of pressure treated coming down then you know like the framing material and plywood's going to be coming down i'm getting reports of people who are saying that osb has dropped dramatically in their area i still haven't seen it yet i'm still selling cdx half inch cdx in place of osb because the osb is just more expensive and if you're not familiar with cdx or osb cdx plywood it's like the sheathing Well, it's not like the sheathing. It is the sheathing that goes on exterior uh, framing when you're building a house. So you got like the two by fours, two by sixes. That's like the skeleton. And then the sheathing is the skin that goes on the outside before all the doors, window and siding goes in. OSB a lot of times is referred to wafer wood or chipboard. It's like chunks of wood that have been glued together to form a four by eight sheet. And that's generally a cheaper product, like usually much cheaper Like to kind of give you an idea, if you were selling OSB at $10 a sheet, you might be selling CDX at $18 a sheet. Well, right now I'm selling CDX at $39 a sheet, and we haven't even stocked OSB because it was more expensive. I'm seeing those prices start to come down. It was last week that we had uh, the CDX at $56 a sheet, so there was quite a bit of a drop in the plywood. And then our studs, our two by four eight studs, those went from ten dollars a stick last week down to around six ninety nine. So the lumber, the lumber prices are coming down. They're following the futures, and it doesn't seem that the futures are skyrocketing. Of course, I haven't checked them today. I, I would imagine that they're up because yesterday lumber futures were at like six thirty five per thousand, and I would imagine that a lot of people would probably jump into the market at that point. Um, you know, I feel that the new normal price for lumber is going to be somewhere between six and 800 per thousand. So anything under 650 is probably going to have a lot of people buying and having the mills going into curtailment. And that was something that, um, I'm going to try and see if I can get, um, I can't remember her name, but she does Madison lumber. If you want to get some good lumber updates, check out Madison lumber. She does an awesome job and she has a a new report that they're doing uh called mill curtailment report and that ought to be very very telling of where the lumber prices are going to go depending on how many mills are shutting down or slowing down their production and she's going to be doing reports on that i think fairly regularly so i'm going to subscribe to that if it's a cost even if it's a paid you know report i'm going to pay for it because i feel that that is probably a Really good like information source, especially if you are looking to buy lumber as cheap as you can or starting projects at the right time Um, Following Madison lumber is is definitely a good channel and that I haven't actually seen the mill curtailment report yet like I haven't like she advertised it a little bit on her on her channel the other day, but I Feel that having that kind of report is probably going to be really beneficial to you So I recommend that highly do you invest at all? I mean with all your knowledge I would think your portfolio would be super awesome. Um, you know it's pretty interesting. I There's a lot of places that I would love to invest but you got to understand that I was really really broke for a long time and it took me a long time to get out of the debt. Like, I, I mean it doesn't seem so big now because I'm out of it and you know my life has changed and now I have more income coming in especially with the YouTube channel and you know all the wonderful people who are here contributing like they do with the super chats my life isn't quite the same as what it once was but there was a time when I had very little income coming in and I had a lot of debts getting out of that debt was very hard I mean especially if you have broken down cars you don't really have a whole lot going on in your life you have like massive debts that's not a that's not an easy place to get out of and then recovering from from alcohol too that was you know from being addicted to alcohol for as long as i was there's there's a lot of damage that needs to be repaired and it doesn't happen overnight so i was able to get myself out of debt like i don't know i did a video it's it's on here debt free um and i was guess that's probably what about three years ago that i was able to get out of debt three you know about three years ago and, um, in that, that was hard. Like, cause then now I need cars, like my cars were broken down. So like, that's why I still drive this $500 car and I bought the $1,200 S10 is because I really didn't have the money to go out and buy a new car. Like I could go buy any car I want right now and I could probably make the payments on it, but I'm not really ahead. Like I don't have a lot of savings. I don't really have a big portfolio of stuff. Um, You know, I'm still just trying to kind of get my stuff together here. And I mean, it is happening a lot faster than I thought it would. But again, like I haven't had a whole lot of chance to have any money to invest with. With that being said, yes, I do invest in, I did an experiment where I dollar cost averaged into Bitcoin into the stock market at the same time. I would do $50 a week. And with my stock portfolio, I picked something very simple. I picked three different places to go to. Um, I picked the Vanguard ETF, total stock market ETF, and then I did uh, the Vanguard Russell 1000 growth stock. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I did that ETF, and then I also invested into Altria, which is like Marlboro cigarettes, Anheuser-Busch. Not that I drink or smoke anymore, but I know a little bit about addiction, so I went ahead and invested in uh, Altria, and they had a pretty decent dividend payout at the time. so. Those were the three places that I had put money towards over the last year. But I I haven't done that for like seven months now. I started it in December and I finished it in December. Um, And right now that portfolio is less than when I started by quite a bit. And the Bitcoin portfolio is way under from when I started or from the amount of money that I put into it. Um, but with that being said, there was a time when the Bitcoin portfolio was screaming higher, like so much more. I really should have cashed out at the time, but again, it was a dollar cost averaging experiment that I was doing to see if Bitcoin could hold its own against the stocks. And for one year it did great. But then right after that, it, it fell off and I really should have cashed out when I did at the end of the year, cause I would have been able to profit from that. But, um. I still hold it all, so I mean it's time to I guess it's time for me to get back into it again. I should really start dollar cost averaging into it again. Okay, I had a large choco milkshake yesterday. Death hits different. I'm not huh, I'm not sure what that means anyway. Sorry if I didn't understand that. Okay, thank you, Gus, for the two dollars. Sometimes the collective will stack against you. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Is forward guidance basically central planning? Oh, you're asking this one again. If the Fed tells the market to do something and they reliably do it, then are the markets really free? I I think we covered that one just a minute ago, didn't we? Um, I mean, you you have your choice. You don't have to believe the Fed you can go completely against the fed and people say don't fight the fed but you can if you want you don't have to follow what the fed says and you can go completely against it now if the free market is believing the fed then that's the free market believing the fed i mean the fed didn't put a gun to anybody's head and the government isn't making it a law so everything that happens out there is by choice of the markets now whether they're greedy Thinking that they're going to front run the Fed or convinced that they know what the Fed is going to do before they do it or if they follow the Fed that's still all free market that is you know you markets making their own choice in the matter Um, I mean just like this channel you don't have to believe anything that's on here and you can go and do your own research to decide whether or not my opinions worthy or not is the same with the federal reserve do they have any credibility with you and do they have any credibility for the markets to believe i i see that the markets do believe them and they act accordingly i mean just take a look at the the special purpose vehicles when they came to corporate debt and you think about it like the advertising that came out the mass media attention that went into like the federal reserve is going to be buying corporate debt I mean, how many times did you hear they're buying the fallen angels? And I was just like, this is ridiculous. When it finally came out that the Federal Reserve hardly bought any of that debt, any of that corporate debt, and that most of it was credible threats that got the markets to try to front run the Fed by buying into that corporate debt, the Federal Reserve sat back and said, hey, we didn't hardly have to do anything at all. The markets behaved in a way that as if we were buying that corporate debt, but they didn't hardly have to buy any at all. So it was the free market that's funded all these corporations. They didn't, the Fed didn't do it. It was the free market. And then the Fed didn't even buy any of that debt. So now the free market is stuck with that debt. And what do we see happening? Corporate debt defaults. So maybe you shouldn't have listened to the Fed. Maybe they shouldn't have been greedy trying to front run the Fed. Maybe they should have just said, well, if the Fed's going to buy it, I ain't. You know, I mean... That's, that's hard for the markets to, to try and like digest to say like, man, I'm not going to buy into something that has a guaranteed buyer in the future. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? But now we know why. <laughs> Perfect timing does not exist. Consistently investing over a long run, over the long term is the best strategy long term. Also do not invest money. You are afraid to lose any. Yeah. Um, that that is, that is definitely something that, you know, that I believe if you are going to take your money and invest it, just remember you are taking on risk and the reward that comes from that risk. If you get too greedy with it, because like right now you can buy junk bonds that pay like 17% yield. I mean, is there anything out there that gives you a 17% yield like that? But you're taking on the debt of a junk, I mean, it's junk bond for a reason. You're taking on the debt of a company that could go into default fairly easily and that's why they're having to pay such a high interest rate to it but if they happen to make it I mean if you know that this company is not going to fail and you believe that well that's 17% yield I mean dang, that's pretty good right and so you buy this debt incredibly cheap and then if things do turn around and all of a sudden that company becomes a viable company you could sell that debt off for a handsome profit so you're taking on the risk of the default but yet you might get a 17% return or at some point sell that bond off for for a decent reward. I mean, it's all about the risk versus reward. And if you're not afraid to lose that money, well, even better because then you may actually, you know, score really well cuz you have no fear, you know. I'm in Portland and would we'll come out to a conference in Astoria. All right. Well, I'm going to work on something like that. I'm going to put a presentation together, something that is really good, something that like would really dr- attract a crowd. And if it works out well here in Astoria and I'm able to do it maybe in a few areas around here, you know, pull off a nice presentation and and draw in a lot of people, I'll take it on the road. I'll take it on the road and we'll see how well it does. I mean, I I I mean, I got to do something, right? I have to do something with my life that is that is worthy and goal-oriented and doing speaking engagements seems like seems like it would it would be a lot of fun for me. So I'm I might do that. I'm not might. I'm gonna do that. That's one one thing I'm gonna do. Um you don't have you don't lose until you sell. Yeah and I agree with that. Um that's one of the reasons why I'm not really really worried about the portfolio that I had invested in last year. I'm just going to wait for the middle of the recession or when everybody's talking about how painful it is, that's when I'm going to start buying in. I mean, when the dollar is at its absolute strength and there's blood in the streets, I'm going to buy. I'm going to start buying. I'm going to wait for people to, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it. Like, I don't look forward to anything. I'm just looking at the possibilities that could come from the future. And if people are crying about how they lost everything they owned, and I have the cash, I'm going to get in. I mean, sorry. It's just, I'm not even apologizing for that. I I mean, I I feel bad for whoever is feeling that pain, but I didn't position myself like this and drive around a $500 car and stack up as much cash cash as I can, so I can't take advantage of a situation that comes. That's the reason why I'm doing it. That's the reason why I drive this old car. It's the reason why I haven't spent all my money on new furniture and upgrades to my house and stuff. Is because I'm waiting for... The best possible time for me to do that, and it doesn't feel like right now is that best possible time. So I hunker down and hoard cash during a time when everybody said the cash is trash. Uh, Echo, thank you so much for the two dollars. Do two to three small business business ads. What would be? What would you change, or what would what would you change, or what would you charge? I'm sorry. I, sorry, the reflection on this, I can't. To get to not reflect here, I'll bring this down. Maybe that'll help. No, that doesn't help. Um, I, I don't, I don't really want to say how much the person offered. I'm just going to tell you that it made my jaw drop that they were willing to pay, you know, I mean, they didn't give me an exact number. They gave me kind of a, an estimate of what it would be. Obviously the, the exact number wouldn't come until the, you know, until we actually do a deal. But from from what I'm gathering it it would be really well. It would do it would do really well to do it and um, You know again like I don't want to be the person who who is like Who's just advertising to get the money like if I advertise in something that I really believe in and I I I probably wouldn't advertise unless I truly believed into it and and was buying into that company Um, I probably wouldn't invest otherwise or uh, advertise it otherwise. So if I truly believe in it and I'm invested in it, then I will let you guys know that I am invested in that company before I advertise it. Um, But um, yeah, um, I don't know. That's the position that I I would take on it. Hey, thank you very much. Let's see here. Banking on real estate. Hey, thank you very much for the $10. Really appreciate it. I buy first liens on real estate, real estate notes are safe unless they deflate. The dollar also looking forward to uneducated economist live. Carlos. Hey, Carlos. Thank you very much. Yeah. I thought that might've been you. Hey, thank you so much for the messaging and the, uh, and that link you sent me. I really do appreciate that. I'm going to do a little bit more investigation into, into that and that stuff that you had sent me. Um, I've been a little busy lately, but maybe this afternoon or this evening, I'll, I'll finish, uh, I'll finish the link and, and maybe we can have a little bit better conversation on, on some of that stuff, but thank you, man. Uh, let's see here congrats on the 100K, 100k subs thank you very much i really appreciate it go for it aggregate uh, aggreg, aggregate the knowledge all right just don't get involved with crypto advertising it's a loser on its way down crypto will take your channel down too if you get involved with them um yeah i I probably won't be advertising crypto too much. Like, not crypto companies. Um, I've told you guys many times, I mean, I have have purchased cryptos in the past. I pretty much buy Bitcoin. In the past, I have purchased quite a bit of Litecoin. Those were the two that I had gone on to. The only reason why I bought Litecoin is because I really like Charlie Lee. I like the way he was really involved with his coin. He, to me, is um, still working on the progression of cryptos and Bitcoin and the transactions that are out there, or at least to make the transactions. I haven't listened to him in quite a, quite a while, but during the time, that was that was why I bought into Litecoin. Um, I know that a lot of people are going to call him a sellout because he sold all his Litecoin when it hit an all-time high, but they used that money to advance his project. So, I'm, I'm still a fan of Charlie Lee and Litecoin, um, but I haven't purchased Litecoin in quite some time right i mean i should have bought more when it dropped dramatically the other week all right can social security ssi cover the finance compared to running your own business once my parents retire can social security cover the finance compared to running your own business once my parents retire um i i don't trust social security like I am pretty much of the belief that I won't get it, and if I do, hey, right on, nice little bonus. But I am not counting on Social Security whatsoever, and I'm certainly not going to let government hold it over my head, saying, "Oh, you better listen to us, or we're going to screw with your Social Security." You know what? And I was like, "You can have that." You know, I don't even want it. Just take it from me. I don't. I don't care. Like I am not. I am not counting on Social Security whatsoever to have any kind of benefit to my life. If it happens to be there in the end, right on. But, yeah, I mean, they're not going to hold that stuff over my head. Uh, Let's see. Isn't Social Security a giant Ponzi scheme? Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think most of, like, what's going on as far as the Fed and everything, Treasuries, that's all, like, a Ponzi scheme to me. Um, There is no real backing to anything except for confidence and... You know, the fact that men with guns will come and take everything you own if you don't pay taxes. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I have no confidence in, in like, the treasury or the dollar or any of that stuff. What I do have confidence in is that the rest of the world is going to find the dollar being very strong. I don't, I don't hold a whole lot of anything other than gold and silver as my insurance policy against that stuff. Because really, there's nothing else out there. Even owning land, you're going to have to, you know, believe in property rights and that the government will will defend those property rights. Or you have enough guns and friends to protect your property when, you know, hordes of people come because, you know, really you can't pack land with you and you do have to trust the government in the property rights that are are there with, you know, I don't know, like There's nothing else out there other than gold and silver. And the guns. I mean, I guess the guns count too. You know, guns and ammo. All right. BTC is very good by... At 20s. Or, yeah, at 20,000. I agree. Um, I'm going to start getting into Bitcoin again. Your channel's largest appeal is that you speak truth without an agenda. And you have a likable everyman nature about you. You should benefit from the channel but know what makes it special. Yeah, and that's that's was that's like my major concern. I mean I've said it a couple of times is that you know I've always come out here, I have nothing to sell. I you know, I just give you guys my opinions. I really hope that you guys do your own research, you follow the links and and you know, kind of form that idea for yourselves. I'm just trying to start the conversation and trying to figure out how it is that I need to best navigate my life and hope that you guys can best navigate your life with it as well. Um, But, yeah, if I can make some money along the way by advertising some companies out there, um, as long as I believe in it, I think I might go for it, especially with all the support that you guys are giving me right now. All right. Uh, You don't do YouTube ads, right? No, I do do YouTube ads. Like, I mean, the AdSense revenue, I do have that applied to to YouTube, but I I don't pick and choose those ads. Those ads are AdSense advertising to you. So whatever, like a lot of people will say, how come you advertise like this particular thing on your channel? I don't. That is AdSense doing that. They're the ones who pick up the ads they're the ones who are showing them to you. And the ads that you look at are different from somebody else. Like you, there might be something on, on the channel that you, as far as the advertising goes, like one of the commercials, but that might be different for somebody else out there. It's more about AdSense and what algorithm they're using for, for you to watch. I do get paid from that and I do get paid quite well from that. Um, and it's worth it to me. And even, you know, if you... If the, if the viewers were like, dude, don't do it, you'd be a sellout, don't do the advertising for other companies and stuff, I would stick to just the ad revenue that I get from YouTube and be completely content with that. I mean, I I, I really, I am really quite pleased with the reward that this whole thing has done for me. You know, I, I just, I mean, it changed my life. What, I mean, what can I say, you know? All right. Everybody hit the like button now. Yes, appreciate that. When you hit the like button, it sends the video around for more people to come into the chat room. I am sure companies want you to say your catchphrase in the start of the ad. Yeah, um, well, I'll do my best, you know, I mean, and I'm going to, you know, I mean, I was trying to stay as true to myself as I can. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and tell you a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I don't believe or, you know, try and like falsify anything. That's not, that's not in my nature. I mean, sometimes I'm honest to the point that I shouldn't be like, I've been brutally honest in the past and I really should have bit my tongue. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see here. Everyone like the video. Get it up to 500. Let's go. Yes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, with midterms around the corner, do you think the Fed will ease sooner than expected with the encouragement from the White House? Uh, no. I don't think the Fed cares what the White House says. I really don't. Like, I think the White House can say the Fed... Well, just think about all the... the, Think about when Donald Trump was screaming at Jerome Powell. He appointed Jerome Powell. And then he said, I want to fire Jerome Powell. And then he went on to talk about how the Fed should be printing money and taking interest rates into negative territory. I mean, did the Fed listen to him I, at all during any of that stuff? I don't think the Fed can care to, can get can care less about the White House and the things that are coming from them. I I mean, other than maybe like the unsustainable debt that, you know, is coming from, you know, the the Treasury, um I really don't think that the Fed can can cares. I I don't in the background i think the two of them are very close knit as far as their as far as their planning goes but as far as like you know trying to ease the pressure off the white house no then i don't think they care i think the white house probably is more like hoping that people would listen to them as far as what the federal reserve is going to do but i think the federal reserve would act quite independently of the of the white house and in their decisions all right, hope your friend doing with the hope your friend doing with the kids oh yeah, does she need an additional help um you know she she does um she is struggling she she is struggling right now um and things are quite difficult for uh especially considering that you know there's uh, a lot of it right now has to do with the fact that um she had to find another place to live and in Astoria like you guys know I talked about it last year it is almost impossible to find any place to live in Astoria that is not just like an extreme amount of money so um she is struggling and uh, she's in good spirits for it um and I don't know I'll, maybe I'll give her a call this afternoon and find out how she's doing uh we wanted to do an update like video because um, she was really like you should have seen you should have seen how appreciative she was of the shout outs that we had given, given her for, um, for the GoFundMe. Um, it really helped her out. It got her lawyer fees. It got her kids, you know, got her kids some clothing. It got her kids some, a feeling of stability, you know, it, it, it helped her out tremendously, but you know, you got to understand, like, you know, it was, it was short-lived the, you know, the amount of money that came in, although it was quite generous. I mean, it it went fairly quickly, especially, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get some of the things done that she needed to get done, Um, you know. um, But last time I talked to her, you know, I mean, she seemed like she was in fairly good spirits, just, uh, you know, still struggling. Uh, Hey, thank you. What is that, DBB? For the two dollars seventy nine Canadian, thank you very much for the videos. Well, thank you. Uh, Astoria looks similar to Newfoundland with the color house with the colorful houses. Yeah, you know, Astoria always reminded me of San Francisco. Like when I came through Astoria for the first time, I had actually moved up from the Bay Area. And it wasn't the first time I had lived here. I lived here when I was a kid. My dad was in the Coast Guard, but we were stationed out in Seaside, or he was stationed here in Astoria. We lived out in Seaside. Um, but when I when I moved back here, when I was like 11, 11 or twelve, I was like I was amazed by how like similar San Francisco and Astoria are. You know, because well, you got steep hills in San Francisco, you got steep hills here in Astoria, and the houses are you know old Victorian style stuff. Uh, Uh, let's see here. Minus the doo-doo. What's that? (laughs) All right. Uh, Canada might have similar property issues. The property, their properties are also overpriced. When will they go bankrupt? Um, man, I don't know. Like, I thought Canada would have, like, got hit hard already. Even though... Like I hear some areas are not doing so well, but man, when I was talking with like the very first time I had ever talked with Mike Martins and he was telling me about some of the conditions up in Canada, as far as their house prices go, I was like, oh man, that will not last. Well, the first time I had talked to Mike and that was like, I don't know, three, four years ago, three years ago or something like that. And here it is. I mean, still hasn't happened. So I don't know, like. Canada and New Zealand are very impressive on how far they can run their housing prices up to. Uh, Let's see here. Canada economy is surprisingly resilient for a non-U.S. country. Yeah, uh, surprisingly. Like I said, I mean, I, I thought that would have ended a while ago. Like, you know, the house prices just would have capped out. I mean, when they're talking of like... You know, some of like the the average price was what like close to a million dollars or something for a house. I was just like, holy moly! Like the average price in a in the United States is like four hundred thousand. It's like less than half of what it is in Canada. I don't know how it is that they do it. Like, I don't know how it is that some of the people do it here. Like, if I didn't have like the YouTube channel and have like my wife working and me working and then I do side stuff too. I don't know how it is that people would make it. Like, they don't make it. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how they make it in Canada. That's for sure. Um, let's see here. If they implement central bank digital currencies, what does that mean for the crypto market? Um, I don't know. I think that a lot of the crypto market, like, as far as some of the altcoins go, I think there's some really good projects out there. I mean, I don't, I think there will be, how about that? There will be some really good projects out there that will do quite well going into the future. You know, we don't know which one of these things is going to turn into the Amazons of, of crypto. Like, I, I who, who can guess that? A lot of people are throwing their money towards a lot of different altcoins, and I feel that a lot of them are just going to dry up and be worthless, but many of them could actually be quite useful going into the future so it's gonna be very difficult to say what is gonna happen with the crypto market itself but I had just imagined that some of those projects are gonna do quite well I have a feeling that Bitcoin is going to be the digital gold I mean it's like there's nothing else that quite matches the security level of Bitcoin and so with that security level it's unmatched by just about anything else that gives it a quite quite a unique uh, position to be in when it comes to cryptocurrencies and then you know the central bank digital currencies, that's all going to be about track tracing and taxing and you know keeping you locked into the system so that they can take interest rates into negative territory. So if interest rates go negative, then cryptocurrencies could probably do quite well in that. I have I have I doubt they're going to make them illegal. Like I really doubt that. And the main reason is is that it's a useful item and it's desired right? It may not be desired by everybody, but it's desired by some, right? And a lot and enough. And if you think about it like anything else out there, if you take something that is desired and wanted and you make it illegal, you will drive the price to the moon. I mean, think about sex, drugs, guns, all that stuff. If you, if you make it illegal somehow, you will, you will cause the price of it to go way up. So making cryptos illegal is probably not going to be very beneficial to the powers that be uh check out Theta theta coin kind of like youtube but you get paid all right uh go watch ray dalio's video on world order and cycles bitcoin is the only thing that's ever been invented that fixes the cycle issue with creation of debt and money printing. Yeah. um, I, I, I'm a believer in Bitcoin. I mean, I have been for quite some time now again, like I, I don't get like all ramped up saying Bitcoin's going to go to a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. I mean, a lot of people get all excited and jazzed up on that stuff. I used to be that way. Like I would get like really pumped up on the idea of like, the things that I purchased would go up in just like this astronomical high price. I really felt that way about silver. And when I was buying silver at... $25, $30, $35 $25, $30, $35 an ounce, and it ran up to 40 and 45, and I'm like, oh man, here we go. And it hit $50 an ounce. And I'm thinking, man, I'm the smartest person in the world. Everybody should have listened to me. I have all this money in silver and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna be super rich someday. And then it treckled, you know, fell all the way down into the teens again. And I hadn't sold a single ounce of silver during that time. And I thought to myself, man, did I feel burned. Do I ever feel burned from that? So I took on a new, new thought process and I said, okay, you still have your silver. You didn't sell any of it. You still have it on hand. Just think of it as your savings. Think of it as your insurance policy. And even though you're broke and you don't have any money and you got broken down cars and you're an alcoholic, you can at least sleep at night knowing that you have a few thousand dollars in silver to take care of an emergency. And when I started looking at it that way, I started feeling a whole lot better about purchasing silver and owning silver. And I stopped thinking about it going up to some super high price. Actually, I would much rather see it at $19 an ounce than $25 or even $35 because I still want to load up on silver. I would love for silver to stay at $19 an ounce until I'm 65 years old. And then it can go to the moon, right? <laughs> and then it could go to the moon. Until then I just wanted at $19 an ounce. Thank you very much, Angel, for the $499. How do you see the trucking economy going for the next five years? Will they start leaning towards electric? Uh, yeah, I believe that a lot of vehicles are going to be, be I think a lot of the transportation is going to be moving to alternative energies. Mainly, it's going to be electricity. Um, the trucking right now—I mean, just I was just even reading an, a, an article earlier about another trucking company that went out of business, and we're going to find more trucking companies go out of business because because of like very same similar to like the bullwhip effect when the trucking transportation costs went to the moon. Like, I mean, here we are, we got these super elevated trucking and transportation costs. Well, that gave a lot of the, a lot of room for expansion into the trucking companies, right? So if you're a trucker and you want to, you know, want to make a lot of money, well, you have to expand your fleet in order to take advantage of the high price, you know, high price cost of trucking going on out there. And a lot of companies expanded or even started up because hell, you needed some truckers out here. But now the situation has kind of flipped and there's less trucking needed as it once was and the prices are coming down. Well, if you had based your projections on an elevated price and now the price is getting, going down, well, you're not able to make your payments anymore. You're not, you know, you don't have the viable company like you once did. You know, I think about it like the, um, I think about it like the marijuana industry here in the United States. I was reading about a blueberry farmer uh, here locally, like uh, over in the valley somewhere, and he had a pretty good business, I mean, with his blueberry farm. But the only problem was is that he had to lay off his employees every year during the off season, right? I mean, he only needed them there for a particular time. And so when marijuana became legal here in Oregon, he thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna get into the marijuana industry since I'm a farm, you know, and then I can have a crop that I do all year long and I wouldn't have to lay off my employees. So he had these projections of how much marijuana he needed to grow and how much he was going to sell it for and, you know, did all the, the homework like he did. And he got into marijuana farming and did great, you know, as far as like producing the, you know, producing the the, the marijuana that for sale. The only problem was, is that the first year was great. After that, everybody was growing weed in Oregon. Everybody. And now there's just like a sea of green out here. And all those farmers out there hardly make any money off of their weed. The only way you can really make some money off of weed is if you grow like really high quality weed that you get to sell for the same prices that they were prior to it being legalized. Or you're processing it and turning it into concentrates or making edibles or something like that with it. But if you're just a regular farmer just out there growing weed, you have to grow an insane amount of it. And then when you do, you're competing against everybody else who's growing an insane amount of it. So that poor farmer ended up like losing out quite a bit because he had expanded his farm into growing weed. Just like the truckers had expanded into trucking. Uh, that's a South Park episode? What was... Uh, what do you think about the infrastructure bill that passed? How will that play out? You think I don't pay attention to it. I mean, I don't know. Did, you know, shovel ready jobs do anything? Did Trump's infrastructure, you know, policies do anything? I I don't, I don't know what these infrastructure things do. I've never seen it do anything impactful to the economy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a bunch of hoopla, you know, for the most part, um, (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I still, like, I. ever since I saw shovel-ready jobs and I never really saw anything come from that, I was just like, okay, because I was unemployed at the time. And I was looking for all these jobs that were supposed to come from that. And I didn't see any come to my area. <laughs> um, but why is weed still expensive? It's not. I... I, I <laughs> I, was, I saw an advertisement over here for $40 an ounce weed at the dispensary. They had a sign on it, 4th of July special. And I'm like, $40 an ounce? I used to pay $40 an eighth when I was a kid. $50 an eighth, you know? And so now they sell a whole ounce for 40 bucks. I mean, that's super cheap. I mean, that was even like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't think weed is expensive. <laughs> it's just a weed. Anybody can do it. That's why it's cheap. I smoke weed every night, late night, in my garage, watching... <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, how's Bend? I hear Bend's loaded with weed. Uh, that is super cheap, right? Weed to... Weed to East to grow? All right. Uh, since Canada legalized weed, prices went through the roof. Can't get a decent ounce for 300 bucks. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's practically free around here. I mean, I just like $40, like, yeah, I mean, it practically pours out on the ground around here. Um, I've been growing for 12 years in Colorado. How's it working out for you? Here in New Mexico it's still fifty to sixty dollars an eighth. That's crazy. What are your favorite cities in Oregon? Um I like I, I I like Hood River. Hood River's a cool place to go to. Um What else? Um I like the smaller towns. Like I like smaller places to go to and I really don't travel a whole lot because I'm a hermit. But uh I like Hood River. That was that's a fun place to go to. Um I like traveling down the coast, you know, going down to like Lincoln City and Newport. Those are kind of touristy kind of towns, but uh they're kind of fun to go to. So some of the coastal cities are a lot of fun. I don't know. I like Astoria. I like being here in Astoria. I guess that's why I'm a hermit. <laughs> uh I only smoke high THC indica. Because yeah when I smoked I like to smoke the uh, sativas myself I find them to be more creative and energetic Uh, let's see here the dive down the Oregon coast is beautiful the drive yeah the drive down the Oregon coast is beautiful and it's a lot of fun especially if you don't have a ton of traffic I mean there are some wonderful wonderful uh, rest stops and viewpoints that are just just absolutely amazing Ocean View on the back of the nickel. Do you, you know that that image? That image is actually a photograph that was taken by my buddy Andy, Andy Sear, who um, who snapped that photograph. and the person who did the uh, the image for the engraving of that, Stole it from him and he pointed it out. He said that is my photograph and I want recognition for that image And so they gave it to him. they were like yes That is definitely your photograph when he when he showed it to him there was like no that there is no mistaking it so um, My buddy Andy took the picture that is on the back of that uh, on the back of that coin. Uh, I Just had a nickel here. I was gonna see if it was one, but it wasn't all right Eugene is a pretty cool. Yeah, um, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Eugene, but yeah, Eugene would be a a definite place. A lot of my friends like to go to, they like to go to Eugene or Sun River. Um, I guess like they like vacationing in Sun River area. Um, Yeah. Bend, like, you know, the gentleman is from Bend. Take the money and use your moral compass. All right, man. I mean... I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it, guys. I mean, there was very few of you out here saying that I should not do the sponsorship. I'm gonna stay true to myself, and I'm and I will let you know, you know, you know, far ahead of time if I can that I'm investing with this company before I advertise with them, um, just so I'm not like you know trying to give you guys this because like the last thing I want to be accused of is pump and dump. Like I, I just drives me nuts when I then I see the pump and dump schemes happening out there. And now I'm not trying to say anything about any individual or any YouTube channel out there, but there has been plenty of times that I have seen them like say go and follow this Reddit community and we're gonna crash this particular company because they have some major short position or something like that. I heard about that one already. Now, I fell for that during the 2011 run-up in silver, and I don't mean to call Max Kaiser out, but Max Kaiser was calling for Crash JP Morgan, buy silver. $500 an ounce silver, believe it, or, you know, whatever. So I, I bought into that. Alright, crash JP Morgan by silver. It was a huge pump and dump. When it ran up to $50 an ounce, Max Kaiser was selling silver with his image on it. And I'm thinking, wow, man, this is cool. It says global insurrection against banker occupation. And we're really going to stick it to the man. And just to find out that all that money that had gone into silver didn't crash JP Morgan. And in fact, it benefited them. And they came out of it stronger than when they went in. So... I don't fall for pump and dumps. I'm not gonna like if somebody says, "Man, all this huge group is gonna get into it." Yeah, you guys go do that. I'll see what happens. You know, I'll I'll stand back over here and watch. Rich dad, poor dad, ruin his reputation forever after the 2008 real estate crash. I don't. I. I. I don't believe that, man. I watched Robert. I talked with Robert Kiyosaki, and I watched a lot of people. You know have conversations with him, and I don't think he lost lost his credibility. Um, I mean, maybe with a lot of people, with some, but um, there's still a lot of people will listen to Robert. Hit the like button. Yes, please do so. We're at 377 likes. There's 500 people watching. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know how much power I have left on my phone, but if it all of a sudden dies, I apologize. I'm I was going to give it just about an hour and a half, two hours. Since we're an hour and a half into it, we'll give it about another 30 minutes out here. Now Max is pumping Bitcoin like a used car salesman. Yeah. um, He's always been a Bitcoin pusher out there. And I do have to say that the very first time I had ever heard of Bitcoin, I think it was on Max Kaiser's show that I was watching at the time. Um, I mean... That being the case, I mean, I don't know what to say. I I mean he's he does push Bitcoin, I'm sure he still is. I push Bitcoin a little bit too, but that's more for my own like, you know, letting you guys know what I'm involved with and what I what I believe. I think you guys should do your own research and decide whether or not Bitcoin's the the right choice for you. I just feel that it's gonna be the digital gold going into the future. And when I see articles like the Bureau of, Bureau of International Settlements allowing banks to use it as 1% of their reserves, it just leads me to believe that it's not going anywhere and it's probably going to become more used. Gus, thank you again for the dollar. I really appreciate that, man. Uh, do, you, do your other kids like economics, like Freddie? Um, I have two boys. I have a 15-year-old uh, who is an artist who is very much involved in his own kind of creations and stuff like that. He's not into economics whatsoever. Not really into sports. He's very a very nice kid. He's very friendly. Everybody loves him. But he's more of the artistic type and the creative type. And that's really what I try to try and encourage him towards. I mean, that's his strong points, and I and I think he does a great job of it. So I try to encourage him to continue on with his art projects and his creative his create you know the creative things that he does. Um, but the younger one, this kid is off the charts intelligence. Like, I, he has, like, he is so, like this morning, all right, um, we're, we're at the, uh, the logger having breakfast. And I told him, okay, dude, uh, I want to know what the, what the 10-year treasury is doing and I want to know what mortgage rates are today. So he looks up the 10-year treasury and then goes and looks and I said, well, what are the other ones yielding? What are the other other treasuries yielding? And so he started like talking about the two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury. And I said, do you notice that the two-year is paying more than a 10-year? And he says, yeah, why is that? And so we've talked about how people are nervous about the future here, at least in the short term. And they're demanding a higher interest rate for that, you know, for that risk to take on for the short term. And that's why you're seeing the yields rising on it. And he kind of looked at me a little confused by it. And he was just like, so they're not worried in the long term?" And I said, well, not so much out to 30 years that really hasn't, you know, changed a whole lot. And he was just like, okay, so they're just short, worried about the short term. Well, what about mortgages dad? And I was just like, well, look up the mortgage rates. So we looked at the mortgage rates and here in Oregon, it was uh, 6.3 on a 30 year for mortgage rates. And I said, well, you know, there's a, little tab right there. You can check out the other states. I said, can you find another state out there that has a higher mortgage rate than Oregon? And he could not find one. I mean, he checked them all New York and Hawaii and all over the place. And he found some that came close, but could not find a mortgage rate or a 30 year mortgage average that was higher than the ones going on in Oregon and he asked me how come that is and I said I guess they don't want people buying houses in Oregon I don't know <laughs> and so I guess the what would cause that um I guess the demand for mortgages in Oregon would be higher I, I don't know like what why Oregon would have such a high mortgage rate comparatively because we found some that were under six they were like 5.9 uh you won't get those offers much longer the way the economy is going 40 years does a bear market in crypto act as a boost for the dollar as it locks dollars into investors and don't want to sell at such a loss just to retrieve their dollars um well anytime i mean you know a lot of people were a lot of people were looking at like the sales of US treasuries coming from like China and other nations out there and they were The police officer. (laughs) Um, Oh, a lot of people were looking at the the sales of U.S. treasuries and the, you know, coming from like China and other places and they're saying, look, they're trying to get out of the dollar. No, that wasn't the case. They were selling U.S. treasuries to get into the dollar because they needed dollars. That's more of why they were selling treasuries. And there's no faster way to get dollars than to sell off your treasuries. So when you see like... Treasuries going down when you see gold going down silver going down crypto going down all the commodities going down and the dollar going up That's people getting into the dollar. They're trying to get a hold of as many dollars as they can and crypto is such a volatile market that really as as the price goes down and people are selling out It really comes down to what the last person is willing to pay and eventually hit down to that 20,000 mark. And at that point, people are like, wow, this is really cheap. I'm going to start getting in. So, I mean, that was like the cash coming out of it and people trying to get a hold of those dollars when it hits 20,000. That's the strong like that's as far as it's going to go. I mean, no, it's not as far as it's going to go, but that's as far as it was going to go for the time being as people who were looking to get their cash got it. The people who are holding are holding. That's where they found it. If the pain becomes more prevalent and people want even more cash, like want that dollar, then you could see crypto continue to go down and then you can continue to see gold go down. And same thing with treasury bonds. But at this point, I mean, that's what's happening here. I mean, I see people are looking to get into cash and they're probably looking to get into cash so they can take advantage of the recession. All right, thank you very much, Slick Ford 108 for the $10 super chat, the 989. Simon Sushi Fund. Oh, thank you so much, man. I will, I will probably do that tonight or tomorrow. I'm gonna go get me some sushi. I like going to Toro Sushi. There's actually two places to really get sushi here in Astoria. There's Toro Sushi, and then uh, Tokyo Teriyaki. And at Tokyo Teriyaki. They have something called the Ichiro roll, and it's pretty good. It's kind of like a California roll, which aren't my favorite, but then they deep fry it, which is really good, and my kids love it too. So I like the Ichiro roll that comes from Tokyo Teriyaki and the spicy tuna, they got a a good spicy tuna uh, roll. And then over at Tora Sushi, they have one called the Pink Lady, and man, that thing is excellent. That is a really good sushi roll as well. So if you're ever in Astoria looking for Looking to eat sushi. Those are the two places to go to. And those are the two rolls that I get. Your son was adorable on that last video. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, he is just... He is such a clever kid. And he is so smart. And he is so engaging. Like, I mean... I, I don't know how to how to praise him anymore. I mean... He's a good kid. How do you quit drinking, bro? I'm currently overdosing... It's, yeah. um, You're overdoing it. Is that what it is? Shake my head. Okay, that's what it says. Overdoing it. Uh, um, You have to hit rock bottom. This is what you have to do. You have to hit rock bottom and realize that you're going to lose everything in your life, in your family. And once you do that, you You realize that you needed to do something very different with your life and uh you, there's so many people that I know that are struggling with it and it's and it's hard you know it is hard to do it you know to say that i'm gonna i'm gonna commit myself to to quit drinking and um you have to, you have to, you have to join the rooms, okay? Because if you get mad, if you get mad and you quit drinking, you're going to start taking on a lot of resent, and you're going to have a lot of issues that come from that. And then you have to deal with all those issues on top of, of on top of it. So, I cannot push AA more th- than I do. Like joining Alcoholics Anonymous and reading the big book and going to the rooms and and talking with people that's the way you do it i didn't do it that way okay i got very mad and i got very frustrated and i quit and i started like resenting everything and it's not it's not the way to go about it okay, okay? um it's tough i've I watched a few people die and I know people in my life right now who are probably going to die from it, right? You know, because they, they can't give it up. It's not easy. All right. So if you, uh, if you really want to, if you really, if you're really serious about it, you know, there's, there's, it doesn't matter what city you're in. Every city, every town has, has meetings. Okay. You can find them out there. They are there. And It's not easy going into those rooms, okay? It's not easy sitting down and just being part of it. I mean, sometimes you have to force yourself to do it and you don't have to say anything. You can just sit there, okay? But it's tough, all right? But that's the way you do it. All right. Uh, Don't worry, Simon. It's not you who is happening to. It's other people You are not the causation of other people's sorrow. Yeah, I know. Um, Dude, your empathy is amazing. Um, It hasn't always been. (sighs) Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm sorry, guys. All right. Uh, Do you think let's see. Do you have thoughts about the increasing electrification of the grid with EV and electric heat pumps? I work for a utility in North England. Uh, the utility is incentivizing these and how will the grid keep up? Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing on how many people I know who, um, who are really taking on the idea of solar panels, solar power, uh, heat pumps, alternative energies of all kinds. Um, I had a great conversation on the 4th of July, uh, during the 4th of July party with the guy who has all these ideas as far as like how it is that he can heat his house and get free energy and how to recycle and reuse everything. He's very big into the perm- permaculture, um, you know, uh, movement. And so I think that's gonna be very beneficial to the individuals. And as far as like the electric grid, I think that once these solar panels become more efficient and cheaper to purchase, then you're gonna find a lot more people doing them. I mean, already you're finding a lot of people getting into that. So at some point, like all this massive, like hydropower and, you know, these really, environmentally intrusive ways of producing electricity, I think those are going to become less prevalent. And the solar panel and alternative energy kind of idea is going to become, you know, much more mainstream on an individual taking control of themselves kind of basis, like not government doing it, but like the individual saying, I'm done with you guys, I'm going to do this on my own, and I'm going to make it happen, you know, and it takes like, It takes people getting in. It takes the initiation of people like... Saying, I'm going to take the... Take the burden of the cost to make this happen. Like the people who were buying the first electric cars. I mean, they weren't great. Sorry. Got a... That's life flight. So, somebody's having a bad day. Anyway, um, it took the... It took the people who buy in those electric cars to... uh, you know in the early days to to innovate and get more people to produce those electric cars and here we'll just let this helicopter land for a second it's going to be down in a minute here i'll give you guys a view of it uh, anyway, can you guys see that <laughs> anyway all uh, right I quit smoking pot 17 months ago and smoked for 40 years. 2000 per month habit, and I couldn't even get high. Wasn't working anymore. Switched to German beer. Yeah, all <laughs> right on. Um, Yeah, I remember there was a time when I could smoke so much weed that it wouldn't get me high anymore. I, I've done that. Never commented. Keep on keeping on, brother. We all struggle. Stay positive. Well, thank you. I will, and I appreciate it. <clears throat> uh thank you robert for the 499 prior to the recent rate hikes do you think the fed is trying to inflate their way out of debt no um the fed doesn't really have any debt right? they hold debt they hold other people's debt and they have liabilities out there like the federal reserve notes and other liability kind of style like with the reserves and stuff but as far as like I mean if they go under who's who's really at a loss I mean just the you know the federal reserve and the people who own it um I feel that the treasury is in is in bad place and they would love to see their debt inflated away and I guess if like the federal reserve was to say I mean I guess if the federal reserve was to buy like foreign debt and then produce the dollars and then the government taxed the hell out of those dollars and paid off their own debts, then you could actually inflate the debt away by pushing that debt out onto foreign nations. Maybe something like that. I I don't know. Um, but no, I don't think that they're going to try and inflate the debt away. Um, that never really works and it always ends up leading to hyperinflation. Uh, I think that really the federal reserve is more concerned about how much liabilities they have out there and to make sure that they can pull those liabilities back in, you know, if the treasury was to fail or something like that, then the fed would fail right behind them, you know, cause they wouldn't, they would have, you know, I don't know. I don't think the fed is trying to inflate the debt away. I think the treasury would like that to happen. Um, we can still hear you, well, thank you. (laughs) My phone's wanting to fall over here. Alright guys, I'm gonna give it about another 15 minutes if my phone doesn't die in the meantime. Oh, looks like it's about ready to die. Okay, I'm gonna call it right there because I think my phone's gonna die. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.